0: Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today, Swakowski the big right-hander lets it go, it's right down
1: Broadway, Dionisio lets it fly, and it's, oh it's raining now. It's time for Rain Delay Theater with
0: Jeremy Dionisio and Jack Swakowski.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. My name is Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. Um hey uh, Jack uh, have you, have you been getting my uh, text messages? Uh no. Re- I, well I just I just want to know why why aren't we hanging out?
0: Uh well uh you know um, Jeremy you're so, they- you're so
1: pretty. Do you do you have a boyfriend yet? It can be me.
0: Uh, at, this, at this point, I send you a, a a yes with a laugh emoji and tears coming down.
1: <laughs> that sounds about right yeah, I think so
0: yeah because I, I think that's what uh, that's what the reporter actually uh, actually sent him because she thought he was she thought he was joking around because no one could be uh, could possibly be that much of a creep um, uh, so yeah jeremy uh, uh, we have a very special episode coming up here today. Uh, we will be ranking all 30 uh, major league managers. Uh, from when they were players, uh, you know, we're going to go from number 30 to number one. So the worst manager uh, as far as playing to the best manager um, from his playing days. That'll be fun. But yeah, Jeremy, first, let's talk about all the stuff that's happened uh, over the
1: past week well, since be- the last time
0: we, rec- before we, we recorded. Do
1: that, let's, before we do that, Jack, let's, go, let's talk about episode 103 and uh, our 2003 rookies, right? That's right. Uh,
0: Jeremy, who do you have for your 2003 rookie? All
1: right. All right. Here we go. My, my 2003 rookie, Jack, I have Chad Cordero. Oh, Chad Cordero. I remember I remember him. He was a closer for a little while, right? Yeah, I think he was only a closer. Um, yeah, I wonder how many guys, like, never started a game in the majors and appeared in, like, you know, X amount of games or whatever. Um, but Chad Cordero never started a game. He was always a closer. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of – his numbers are interesting. Uh, he made one all-star. He only played for seven years. He missed a year probably with arm injuries, I'm going to guess, Uh you know, whenever you see, like, a pitcher with, with a short career and an arm uh, – a, a year missing, like, you assume that he probably, you know, had arm pro- problems or whatever. Uh, Chad Cordero is also, like, a big dude, so that, that might have had something to do with it. He's only 38. Like, he probably could – you know, he could have still been pitching if he was, like – had some, like, longevity in his career. But um, – so he started with the Expos, which is pretty crazy. Um, uh Made an all-star team in uh, 2005. Uh, I, I mean, a career 289 ERA, um, 128 saves. Uh, led the league in 2005. Uh, so he was one of the guys who was like an, an expo and, a, and a, a national, which is another thing that's notable. Um, I think that I talked about this on the podcast, Jack. I cannot remember. I'm sure I have. But the reason why I picked Chad Cordero is because um, – I went to the baseball hall of fame in 2008 or something, maybe, I don't know. Uh, and they had, they, they had like one section where it looked like, like locker rooms. And, um, there was a locker for each team. And in those locker rooms, they had like paraphernalia, um, from each team. And they had, um, I think it was the expos. I think it was the nationals, but they had expo stuff in there. Anyway, they had, for some reason, they had Ch- Chad, Cordero's hat. Um, <laughs> And it was the biggest fucking hat I've ever seen in my life. It was like... And I have a big head. I wear a pretty big hat. I wear a seven and five-eighths, which is pretty fucking big. I swear, this guy's hat must have been eight inches, at least, if not bigger. It was fucking huge. It was the biggest hat I've ever seen in my life. And so whenever I think of, like, a hat or when I'm buying a hat or, or whatever, even if you look at his baseball reference picture, you can kind of tell he had a fr- pretty friggin' big head. And it looks like he kind of wore his hat a little big anyway, but... I would be curious as to know what size hat he was, but it was gigantic. And that's why I picked Chad Cordero.
0: Yeah. um, Jeremy, you know, you think about like really tall people who have to shop at big and tall stores. Um, Like, do they also make like, uh, you know, if you go into like, uh, I don't know, like the shop at the mall that sells hats, like baseball hats. Do they have hats in like size eight or do they have to like order them specially? I'm kind of thinking that they, you know, they probably don't. I'm six and seven eighths. So I guess my head is is fairly small, you know. I guess I'm I'm living that like small head life, <laughs> I, I suppose. But um, but yeah, that is that is super huge. I mean, I remember when they talked about Barry Bonds, they said like he had a really big head. Mm-hmm. Um, that may have been from steroids, but uh, yes, yeah. I mean, looking at Chad Cordero's picture, like he definitely looks like he would. Uh, he would have a, a, a big hat size. I mean, from from his headshot on baseball reference, he doesn't even have the, the bill of his cap bent. Right. Which I think is because his it, his head is too big for him to bend the bill of his cap.
1: Yeah, sure. It would start poking him in the temples, and he would black out right on the mound there and just collapse. <laughs> uh- um kind of what's uh,
0: what's interesting Jeremy is that he had some good years in 2005 yeah. he had 47 saves and he made the All-Star team. Uh yeah, it in the mid like to late 2000s there were two Corderos closing games in the National League. You had yeah. Chad Cordero for the Nationals and Francisco Coco Cordero uh for the Brewers and the, maybe the Reds before that I think he was on.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember when they were both in the league. I also remember being at like a Brewers game in like at, around the time that he was a closer and they had like I think they had like on the ribbon banner, they had like, I I want to say it said like Coco or something. And like, you know, they chanted like it was like Coco, Coco or whatever. And people were supposed to chant for Cordero. And I'm like, I had no idea that this was his nickname or anything.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, speaking of the Brewers, uh, my guy, Jeremy, kind of uh, I told you it'd be pretty predictable. Um, And I'm guessing you knew who I was going to pick. I picked Ricky Weeks, who made his debut in 2003 for the Brewers. Uh, he was drafted that same year in two thousand and three. He was drafted second overall in the uh, two thousand and three June draft um, out of uh, Southern University and A and M College. I'm actually I'm okay now. I'm not sure which one he was actually at because um, uh, it looks like he maybe he went to a JUCO first. Whatever. So he was he was the number two overall pick. He was there was a lot of hype uh, surrounding him. He, he they brought him up for seven games. Uh, in 2003, he only had 12 at-bats that year. But he was on the Brewers for 11 years after that. He played 14 total years in the big leagues, 11 with the Brewers, one with Seattle, one with Arizona, and one with the Rays. So he bounced around after he left the Brewers. Jeremy, uh, I'd like to think of Ricky Weeks as sort of my Corey Patterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you, you bring up Corey Patterson a lot on this show just because he was such a massive disappointment for the Cubs. Uh, Ricky Weeks was kind of the same thing for the Brewers. They drafted him number two overall. That was the highest draft pick they'd had in you know in quite some time. There was a lot of hype hype surrounding him. And when you pick number two overall, like you you know you're you're looking for a guy who's going to be. Uh, an impactful player for your franchise, and Ricky Weeks was one of those guys who could just never seem to get it together. Um, he 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 only had like two seasons where he played more than 150 games, so he could he seemed to have trouble staying on the field. He didn't hit for a good average; his career average was 246, but he always seemed to be under 240. He hit for some power, um, you know. He 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 stole some bases. He was a terrible fielder. He was he was just an absolutely uh, he was just a black hole at second base um he had one good season where he in uh 2010 where he had 29 homers um and then he made the all-star team in 2011 uh, for the Brewers team that made the NLCS but uh the guy was just a, a huge a huge disappointment overall he was also kind of a jerk uh after the Brewers called Scooter Jent up to play second base the Brewers said hey like they said to Ricky Weeks hey like we want to get you some more at bats would you be willing to play left field? And he said no. And it's like, wow, cool. Uh, glad you're such a team player for this organization you've been on for all these years. Um, and then I think uh, in his last game for the Brewers in 2014, they asked him if he wanted to be in the lineup for the last day of the season to like, as like a farewell to the fans. I think he just said no. He didn't want to do it. So like, <laughs> fuck this guy, man. He's just a huge disappointment uh and and then you know sure enough in 2015 when he was with the Mariners he was playing in the outfield so they probably said to him hey dude like you're not good enough to play second base in the majors anymore it's you know it's left field or nothing for you so uh you know Ricky Weeks huge disappointment uh I actually haven't talked about him too much on this podcast but definitely a sore spot for Brewer fans of of that era yeah
1: definitely um yeah I again just I I think I kind of you know mentioned him when we talked about uh bill hall last week but i i kind of grouped them in the same category they just like seem to be like guys who never um really could could do anything like um bill hall was did it so bill hall had the better career is that is that right (laughs) you know if
0: if you look if you look at their overall numbers i'm sure they're probably fairly similar yeah um uh yeah i'm looking at a better
1: average maybe or maybe not no maybe not maybe not because then he should have. Because then Ricky Weeks should have been on our list. I think maybe. Well,
0: Ricky Weeks retired in in 2017, so he oh. he is a future he is a future worst of famer for sure. I actually made like a separate <laughs> uh, a separate page of notes when I was going yeah. through these guys for like future worst of famers. Edwin Jackson actually made his debut in 2003 as well, so he will definitely. Be on that list uh, in the years to come. He didn't retire until 2019. But actually, uh, Jeremy, so Bill Hall did have the better batting average by two points. Um, Ricky, Ricky Weeks hit more home runs. He had about 30, 36 more homers than Bill Hall did. But he also had, I'm guessing, a lot more uh, at he, bats, and he yeah. played a couple more. He played a couple more years. So as far as like who was the better player between those two, it's kind of just a, you know, they're, they're kind of a horse apiece It's just, it's just a, a toss up. They were both. Uh, both kind of the same guy if you, when you, when you think about it.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's funny. Um, I was at a game Jack and I want to say it was 2008 or 2009. Um, me and my dad scored like, uh, like fr- first row seats, like behind, uh, like, like right by the like brewers on deck circle. And, uh, or yeah. So yeah, it was at a Cubs game and the Cubs brewers and we were right right by the visitors. Uh, on deck circle. And I was like, just giving Holy hell to like everyone on the brewers that day. (laughs) And, um, I remember Ricky weeks. I want to say he got hit multiple times, uh, in the game. Uh, and I remember like the, I I almost want to say he got hit three times. Maybe it was, maybe he got hit like twice and he like fouled a ball off him or whatever. But I remember like the third time he got hit, he like had this like look on his face. Like he was going to kill somebody. Like he looked so fucking pissed. Um, (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, I was definitely giving him. I think I was saying, like, hey, Ricky, why don't you strike out 200 times? Like, what are you going for, 200 Ks this year? Um, and I was like, uh, just going off on him. And, um, uh, he led the league in, in hit by pitches a couple times. I never knew that he was a prolific, uh, you know, hit batsman. Um, but, uh, but yeah, led the league twice. Um, so yeah, I just remember, like, giving holy hell to, like, him and, uh, Bill Hall and then another guy who's going to be on our list today as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, so there you go, Ricky Weeks. Uh, nice that you could, you know, take out Bill Hall and Ricky Weeks in two consecutive weeks here, Jack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, Jeremy. Uh, who knows? Who knows what two thousand four will bring? Um, I don't think Fielder debuted till two thousand five, so we'll have to we'll have to wait on that. Yep. Um, okay, so uh, so yeah, Jeremy. Uh, the big news this week um, from the MLB, aside from the signings that we'll talk about in a minute, was uh, Jared Porter, the newly uh, crowned Mets GM, was uh, fired after a couple weeks for uh, you know some scandalous uh, you know and pretty uh was for some pretty bad text messages he sent to a reporter uh harassed her sent 62 unanswered text messages <laughs> uh and sent sent her some pictures of his junk uh too uh yeah. what a disgrace jeremy
1: um yeah uh you know i had heard the name jared porter um uh you know in previous years and and recently i had never seen a picture of him i feel like if i had seen a picture of him I would not have been as surprised to see this this news. Um, you know, yeah, uh, Jack, uh, the the picture like they show. There's a picture that he the, that he sent her like a selfie. At least the one, at least one like that they showed in the article. Like, you want to describe it, Jack?
0: Yeah. Okay. So in this selfie, he's using a MySpace angle. Um, and so if if you if you all don't know what a MySpace angle is, it's basically you can angle your cell phone at such an like a, a, in a way. When you're taking a selfie and sort of above you, so you your face looks thinner. Um, and so so not only did he do that, not only did he use the MySpace angle, and it's like, dude, it's it's twenty. You know that photo was probably taken in 2016. Like the MySpace, you know the the cat's out of the bag for that. When everybody knows what a MySpace angle is, everybody knows you're trying to make yourself look better than you actually look in real life. So he used this, but also like his jaw is is agape. Um, like, and I think yeah. he's also doing that to make he's he's opening his mouth to like make it make his face look even less fat so it's like you know yeah. we have like a, a double layer of this it's like this this guy is just some disgusting neck beard, uh who's who's sending a, a a photo it's just it's just reprehensible um just it's like dude just take a picture of yourself like you actually look you're not fooling anybody
1: no I and yeah I, as a guy who who struggles sometimes with uh, like some some bad photos uh, yeah that's 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 one of the oldest tricks in the book there jp uh with the with the mouth open um but like and it, but he does it in such a way like he looks like a teenage girl like in a photo shoot like oh like like you know he's just about to put his like hand over his open mouth like oh i can't like oh i did i do that like something like that and like he has like a, a headband on like for some reason like he so he looks like he he's reminding me of like that Save by the bell episode with uh where Lisa, Jesse and uh and uh Kelly like form that that group and they're like in spandex and they're like dancing and stuff. Uh and he looks <laughs> like he's like part of that the the Hot Sundays I believe is what they were called. Um but uh yeah, just I mean just what a horrible picture to like be trying to like woo some like uh reporter like with 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 that. Like that's his that's the best he has to offer. And then like they do a show they do show a picture of him like He sent pictures of his of his crotch uh, like in in underwear and like he has like disgusting fucking hairy legs. and It's like this. This is horrible, like so bad, like he should be banned just for like his poor judgment. Like, how is he going to be a general manager? Like, how is he in like baseball scouting when he had such poor, like uh, judgment in like his communicate his like text communications? Like that that, there has to be some like uh, some correlation there. A little bit, Jeremy. This guy represents
0: like the worst of um, this culture of analytics-driven guy guys in front offices who've never played the game before, um, and you know just sort of work their way up through the you know through networking and like the you know sort of the good old boy network that seems to be going on with these guys. They seem to all all be friends with each other, and they all hire each other and promote each other. I mean, you can see it across the you know. Look at Theo Epstein, like everybody he worked with in Boston is now like the GM of, of some place. And and uh, Jared Porter, to me, represents like the just the the worst of that or like the most toxic um, part of that, that culture like this. You, you know, this is a guy he, he got hired uh, from the uh, by the Boston Red Sox 16 years ago. So he's like 40 now. So he got hired by the Red Sox when he was like 23 or 24. Um, so he's just some like motherfucker who got lucky. You know, he got lucky and he got he got hired as an intern by the Red Sox. And, he you know, he probably brown-nosed with Theo and all these guys and, like, gradually worked his way up, uh, even though he never, you know, by all accounts, it seems like he never played baseball. I don't think he played baseball in college. I'm not sure about high school. But he's yes. just some guy who, like, knows, you know, who, who looks at data and analyzes players that way. And, he, you know, he worked his way up for a long time. Uh, he had a dream job, it seems, his entire adult life. He's worked in baseball. He had it all. And you know what? He blew it. He blew it because he was a creep and he's never he's never coming back now he's, he's never he's never coming back he's done he's done in baseball yeah. he had a dream job I mean yeah jeremy am you and you and I wait hey, we'd love to have a job like that right so yeah. like this guy had it all he had it all his whole adult life he had achieved like the uh he had reached the nadir of of a, you know, a baseball executive's career, he was the GM of a large market team, uh, and and he just totally blew it, and now he can, like, go make photocopies, or drive Uber, or, you know, whatever whatever else you do when, you know, you're a complete pariah, um, you know, to society, like, he's done, he blew it, he had everything, and he's just, now he's just some creepy guy who, uh, you know, is an, is an embarrassment to his family.
1: Yeah, and, you know, speaking, yeah, Jack, either one of us would be, would be, like, happy to have that job, and I, I would challenge anyone to go back and, and check my text message history. I, I usually get the hint after one message that's that isn't returned. Um, so, so you're not going to find any 62 unanswered messages from me. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, just uh, just a, a turd, really, um, of a person. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, he, he, as a Cubs fan, you hate to see that he he spent so many years um, in the Cubs organization, and you wonder like who knew what. Um, but uh, well, let's not focus on that right now. Um, one thing that one thing that did stand out to me though in this fucking article is that in the midst of like all these, I can't. I'm trying to find where it is. It's there's so many details in this article. Like we're we're kind of referencing the um, the uh, ESPN article. Um, but, like, most, like, all of these text messages happened, like, over the 2016 season, which, of course, was the World Series season for the Cubs. And, um, they talk about how he, like, you know, was sporadically sending this woman, like, messages, and sometimes not sporadically, but in spurts, maybe. Um, but, uh, they say that, like, they say that he did send her, um, yeah. So Porter sent seven more messages that day, including one that said the Cubs had made a trade <laughs> and another that said you're hard to get. So in the midst of all this, he was still like sharing, like, like leaking stuff. He's like, hey, by the way, we got uh, Chapman, you know, it's like, it's like, what the fuck? Like this this guy's like sending pictures of his dick. And then like, he's like, oh, yeah, by the way. Uh, yeah. You know, Glaber uh, Torres for Chapman. Pass it on or whatever. It's like, Jesus, like what a what a fucking tangled web uh, <laughs> they weave um but uh, but, yeah that one that that note in particular stood out to me as kind of funny,
0: well, yeah, Jeremy, and they said the the Cubs had sort of sent an intermediary um between the the yeah. reporter and Jared Porter to like try to defuse the situation. Um, you know, I, I think it was one of those things, uh, we talked about the show Succession a couple weeks ago, you know, that there's a part in the show Succession where, uh, one character who works for, like, uh, you know, one of the smaller divisions of, of the big, uh, media conglomerate, like, there was a huge scandal in his department, like, a huge harassment scandal, sort of like we're seeing with Jared Porter, Mm -hmm. and so this guy who manages the department, he goes to the CEO, and he's like, hey, like, uh, just so you know, like, I found out some bad stuff, and the CEO is like, I don't even want to know about it, like, like, just take care of it. Don't. I don't even want. Don't. Don't even want to hear about it. So I, I think that maybe that's sort of. Like, sort of like maybe what the situation with the Cubs was, where, like, it didn't even get up to the top levels because yeah. uh, that's how, like, that's how things happen in, in huge corporations. You know, I'm sure Succession has consultants working on it that, like, talk about, like, tell the writers how things go in big companies. And that's that's probably something that actually happens. So when, they, when the Cubs do say or when the Diamondbacks say, or especially the Cubs, uh, I, you know, they probably, Diamondbacks probably never knew about it either. But, um, you know, when the Cubs say that... Uh, they didn't know about it or at least the higher ups like Theo and Jed Hoyer didn't know about it you know i tend to believe that i'm sure there were other people in the cubs organization that maybe lower down who maybe knew about it but uh you know i i i'll give them the benefit of the doubt that you know like theo probably didn't know about yeah. this
1: yeah for sure um yeah no i i don't think theo is 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 a turd like Jared Porter um <laughs> but um but yeah so uh yeah just a mess and um uh, I don't know. It's just crazy to think like you're the Met, the GM of the New York Mets, and now you're done. You're completely done with baseball, and he is done. Like, I mean, he's he's done. Like, he I don't think he could even work a concession stand in a minor in the independent league stadium. Um, well, so
0: maybe he can. Maybe he
1: can be the next Catfish Man. Um. <laughs> maybe, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's even you know. I I even feel bad for Catfish Man wrenching them in the same breath. Like that, but um, but yeah, for sure. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, Jared Porter, uh, you know, uh, congr- like you know, congratulations on completely pissing everything away. Um, uh, so yeah, there you go. Um, Jack, uh, there, uh, there's been uh, some signings in baseball. It seems like kind of things are starting to kind of tick up a little bit now with with uh, free agent signings
0: yeah um so the uh, the Toronto Blue Jays I think it was today it was officially announced that they signed George Springer to a six-year 150 million dollar contract um, you know Jeremy when I think I, I never thought about the blue Jays as being a big market team but but they are they, the blue Jays are a big market team um, I mean they're the biggest market in Canada yeah. uh, they're I mean they they should they should be spending money on these guys they're a that's a Toronto is a pretty big freaking market. I don't know what their, I don't know what their population is exactly, but I mean, that's a huge market. They should it shouldn't be a surprise that the Blue Jays are shelling out for a guy like that. Yeah.
1: I mean, Toronto is like the New York of, of Canada. Um, uh, I don't think they're going to play. It sounds like they're not going to play in Toronto next year. Uh, but, um, uh, who, you know, we're not sure about that, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it seems like, um, yeah, it is surprising. Like, you know, when was the last time the Blue Jays really shelled out like I think did they when they got like Burley was that did they was that like a big spending I'm thinking I think I think Burley was part of like the the Marlins big spending so I don't even know I can't I can't think of the last time the Blue Jays made like huge splashes like multiple huge splashes in free agency um but yeah they signed uh Springer by the way I bet Springer was probably talking to Porter as of like last week you know because Springer was rumored to be going to the Mets um so they were probably in deep discussions uh up just up until a couple of days ago, probably. Um, I wonder if that had anything to do with, uh, Springer choosing the, the blue Jays, but, um, but yeah, so that happened. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, the blue Jays, it came out briefly that they had also landed Michael Brantley, but then Michael Brantley ended up signing with the Astros signing back with the
0: Astros. He did, yeah. I mean, and it, it was reported, I think, from a pretty credible source too, that Brantley was going to the Blue Jays, um, and then it just it just never happened. Uh, so, so that was kind of strange. I wouldn't be super excited about signing Michael Brantley if I was a no. team. Like, I, th- I think Blue Jay fans were getting a little bit too excited about that one. I mean, Michael Brantley is going to be thirty four years old. I think this year. Uh, yeah so he's just kind of i mean he, you know he did hit 300 as recently as I think 2019 but uh you know I, I don't know I, I i didn't really pay attention to what he did in 2020 I'll have to look it up but anyway, yeah, Brantley, not super exciting um in in jeremy in general though i uh the blue Jays are a team that I just never really think about like when they signed he and Jinryu um to that you know last year it was yeah. uh, i guess i guess if i could um you know if I could quote uh, one of my friend's dads. One time I was over at uh, my friend's house uh, and like the, the dog they had was like coughing and it was like my, my friend's sister's dog. And, and uh, you know, his dad went to the sister. He goes, uh, you know, you better take that dog to the vet because if it dies, I don't care. And that's kind of how I felt about when he and Jinryu Ryu signed with the, <laughs> with the Blue Jays. You know, it's just I just said, you know, I don't care. Like, I don't really care about the Blue Jays. Uh, I just never think about them I, I like their logo when I was a kid I think I used to have a Blue Jays hat but they're just whenever I like run down the teams in the AL East I just I always forget about the Blue Jays I always like for you know they it seems like it's been so long since they've made the playoffs a couple times in the last 10 years and they had Jose Bautista and stuff but they're, you know the the AL East will always be the Yankees and the Red Sox and everybody else and you know you had the Rays who made the World Series this year um Like, so like, you know, who, who, who cares about the Blue Jays? So good for them for signing George Springer. But like, I'm still not going to watch Blue Jays games or, or follow what happens with the Blue Jays.
1: (laughs) Well, um, yeah, I happen to be a Nate Pearson fan. So um, I, 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 I I hope that they can do, do well. Um, You know, they, they have a pretty good, let's see. So they have, they have Vlad Jr. They have Bo, they have um, Rio who had a really good year. He did Uh, have a good year. Yeah. Kevin Biggio. Yeah. Kevin Biggio, I don't know if, how good that guy is, but, um, but yeah, so I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, I, the, the, to dovetail into the, my next point, they, they, they have one other pitcher now, uh, adding to the slew of, uh, just Cubs, um, hemorrhaging of, of guys, uh, Tyler Chatwood also signed with the Blue Jays. Um, you know, hopefully he, um, hopefully they gave him the press conference treatment because, Uh, And maybe, you know, he made this the front page of the sports uh, page, but because clearly quickly overshadowed by the 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 George Springer signing. Um, But, yeah, so Tyler Chatwood uh, has signed with the Blue Jays. John Lester has signed with the Nationals. We talked, I think, last episode of Schwarber signing with the Nationals. Uh, Jose Quintana signed with the, the Angels. Um, and the Cubs did actually sign one guy. They signed Shelby Miller, who's going to be their fucking fifth starter. So there you go. It wasn't uh, Julio Tehran. It wasn't uh, Ivan Nova. It's going to be Shelby Miller, I guess.
0: That's a, that's, that's a disappointment, Jeremy. That, that's a little rough. I mean, I, I think, like, when you look at Shelby Miller and, like, the fact that they signed him, Julio Tehran would have been aiming high. You know, I would, I wouldn't, <laughs> if I was, if I was a Cubs fan, I would much rather have Julio Tehran or, uh, you know, any of the other, Nova, well, maybe not Ivan Nova, but you know, maybe Ivan Nova over Shelby Miller, uh, who's at this point, he just doesn't <laughs> seem like he has anything left. Um,
1: I mean, he had a terrible season well, in
0: 2019. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, Jack, he's only 30 years old, which is the part that's really crazy. Um, but uh, honestly, I would rather have Shelby Miller than Julio Tehran. Um, but when you get down to that point where you're, you're debating those two guys, you, you've already lost. So it doesn't really <laughs> matter. But, um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I Again, you know, hey, if Shelby Miller can do anything, um, it's, it's going to be a surprise. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's 30 years old. Maybe somehow he miraculously f- figures out how to pitch again figures out how to stay healthy again and he's a great starter for the Cubs but um I probably wouldn't bet on it and uh I'm you know this hasn't moved the needle for me I'm still it's still all about John Shambi this year in 2021.
0: I like it Jeremy yeah I mean he was a, a first round draft picked um you know of the Cardinals in 2009 so uh you know obviously uh you know somebody once saw some some greatness in him. he was a part of that uh Dansby Swanson trade a long time ago, so yeah, maybe he's maybe he can he can figure it back out um and by the way jeremy uh Michael Brantley actually did hit three hundred in twenty twenty so uh you know yeah. so i was i was maybe that is an exciting <laughs> signing <laughs> maybe i was maybe I was wrong um yeah but also uh, but also you know John Lester signing with the nats um you know i don't again, I don't know how much he has left in the tank. But uh, that, that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty uh, like veteran rotation they have now with Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin, Lester, um, who I think is an upgrade over Anibal Sanchez. So uh, you know that's a that that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of career wins uh, combined between all those guys.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, people sure do seem to be making a lot about that John Lester signing. I mean, like, do people really want him back, or think he would be back, or are they are they really upset? Like, I it's like. I'm glad he was on the team, and I know he helped the the Cubs in in 15 and 16. But it's like that that chapter is definitely over. Like that one, I'm I'm okay with. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, but um, but yeah. So uh, there you go. A couple other things, Jack. Um, uh, the uh, inauguration was today. Biden's inauguration today. Uh, uh, was today, and um, you know, on the the stage, the platform, whatever. Um. A Rod was there because his wife uh, J Lo sang um, "This Land Is Your Land," um, and but uh, but yeah, so A Rod was was there uh, rubbing elbows with uh, the the dignitaries.
0: Did uh, did A Rod like sing along when they were doing <laughs> "This Land Is Your Land"?
1: You know, I didn't actually see him until the very end of the ceremony, um, but I think they did show him earlier on. But I, I didn't, I happened, I, I missed it. But um, but yeah, like he was talking at the end to. Barack Obama and, and Michelle Obama and uh, I was and they were talking to, to Lo, and I was just thinking like man A-Rod is like the lamest guy in that group <laughs> dude I was just gonna say the reason I asked you if he sung along is because
0: like if, if you're exposed enough to A-Rod and you watch him enough on TV like he's a really lame guy
1: yeah no yeah totally he's he's totally lame uh I mean like like I'm Barack Obama like you could see like he was kind of like it felt like he was like kind of like you know, inserting himself into the conversation at times, like he was just like leaning in and be like, "Oh yeah, and, and this Jew," and and like it's it's almost like yeah, there was like three cool kids like talking, and then like uh, A Rod was like, "Oh yeah, hey, what about uh, this?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, cool, all right." And then you know they try to go back to their conversation, and it was uh, it was kind of funny to see. Um, yeah, but yeah, I know, mean. Uh... Yeah.
0: Jeremy, if, if you want to, yeah, if you want to get A-Rod to, to shut up, you know, if sometimes you can give like a cat a ball, a string, and it'll just play with it. Like, just just give A-Rod like a closed jar of salsa, and just let him, let him sniff it, and that, you know, he won't say another word for the rest of the conversation.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. Any sort of, I'd like to think that would extend to any sort of jarred, uh, you know, uh, food, food stuff. Uh, pickles, or, uh, you know, maybe even like an old school jar of mustard or mayonnaise or something. Yeah, anything, <laughs> anything like that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, there was that. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about, uh, just I uh, wanted to send an uh, rain delay, R.I.P. to uh, Don Sutton. Uh, we lost Don Sutton uh, yesterday, I believe. Uh, Jack, do you have any thoughts about? Do you have any thoughts or memories about Don Sutton?
0: well uh, I mean as far as playing playing days uh, his last uh, his last year was 88 you know I was born in 86 so I, I don't remember him at all as a player um, although you know I do I do know of him uh, I, I I really like um, pitchers who pitched for a long time and yeah. were like super durable and just threw a ton of innings uh, I think from 1966 to 1986 uh, or 1985 or, or whatever not there was only one season where Don Sutton didn't throw two hundred innings for, for a span of twenty years. Now was in nineteen eighty one, which was a strike shortened season, um, when he literally couldn't throw that many innings. So the guy was like, he was awesome. He never went on the DL. He won uh, over three hundred games. He pitched on the nineteen eighty two Brewers team that made the World Series, which is super cool. So like, he does have some Milwaukee ties. Um, yeah, and he was just like a really durable guy who was solid for a, a really long time. Uh, so yeah, he was a, he was definitely a great pitcher.
1: Yeah, for sure. I want to say too. I don't remember. I don't think it. I don't think it was the Marlins, but I feel like he was an announcer too at some point. Uh, uh, oh, maybe it was probably the Braves. Actually, I think
0: he, he was an announcer with the Braves. I think as recently as 2018. Okay, when I saw. So yeah. he was. He was doing it for quite a while.
1: Yeah. So I always liked hear, hearing him. Uh, I just remember seeing him in baseball cards, and he had like this prodigious fro uh like this this curly hair and i don't know if it was a perm or what but because you look at some of the older pictures of him and his hair was kind of like it wasn't super crazy curly like that but um yeah i just remember seeing him in baseball cards and stuff i kind of remember his like yeah i think i probably remember like his that tail end of his career like with the with the angels um, he did go back to the Dodgers in his very last uh, year of his career, but I kind of remember like Angels cards of him. Um, so yeah, I only remember like yeah, again as a very very young kid just through baseball cards. But uh, yeah, I always I always like Don Sutton. I do have like an autograph of him, uh, and uh, so cool to have. Sad to see him go, but uh, but yeah, uh, just a just a workhorse of a pitcher.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Jeremy. And I I, I think I read too that he threw like. You know, five one hitters and maybe like nine two hitters or something like that, which just goes to show you that uh, just how hard it is to throw a no hitter and like how much how much good luck you uh-huh. need when you're um you know when you're trying to do it. So uh, yeah, he he came close to no hitters uh, a whole bunch of times, but he, he never did quite get one. But uh, you know, unlike some other guys, um you know who who like were just kind of workhorses and were solid for a long time, like Don Sutton was recognized. And, uh, you know, he is in the Hall of Fame like he should be. Um, yep. He won over 300 games, uh, which is uh, which is good for him. It's always sad when, uh, you know, there's some players like it seems like it's going to be the case with Dick Allen, uh, you know, who pass away before they're elected to the Hall of Fame. Because like, You know, I think people are saying that Dick Allen is going to get in on one of the next veteran committees and he just passed away this year. Yeah, uh, I mean, but, Ron you know, Santo. that was Yeah, it happened with Santo, too. Yeah. So that's always sad. Um, like, and I hope, I hope it doesn't happen with Pete Rose. Like, you know, after Pete Rose dies, they just let him in the hall of fame. Uh, that would be like a, that would be like a cruel joke. So, um, uh, yeah, but it didn't happen with Don Sutton. He was, uh, he was a good player and he was, he was recognized for it. Uh, and he got to sort of, uh, reap the, reap the benefits of it. Um, while he was still around.
1: Yep. For sure. Um, cool. Well, uh, Jack, let's, uh, let's get onto our topic here. So, um, so, uh, yeah, so we have, uh, a ranking, uh, th- 1 to 30 of uh MLB managers as players. Is that right, Jack? It,
0: it, it is, Jeremy. Um so yeah, we wanted to just sort of uh, delve into um, you know, cuz all, all the managers, all the guys who are managing in the big leagues, you know, they're not they're not Jared Porter, you know, they did play the <laughs> game. They did play the game at some point, In you know.
1: More ways than one. They're not Jared Porter. Hopefully. <laughs>
0: um, so yeah, and uh, just from speaking for myself, um, and it seems like you know Jeremy too a little bit. We, we got into talking, and even though we knew some of the guys like played like you know Mattingly, Baker, Aaron Boone, etc., we we hadn't really closely examined all of the guys' playing careers. So we figured it might be fun to do that and rank them from one to thirty. Uh, as we go through this list, we're going to be going from number thirty to number one just to keep you guys in suspense as to who the best player is uh, and just in case yep. you didn't know
1: spoiler alert there's a pretty clear cut for number one but um <laughs> but yeah uh it was funny yeah so we each jack and i both did you know this was an episode where we had to do some some research here for you folks um but uh so jack and i each did a, a list like we each ranked the list uh, one one to thirty um and we compared lists and Um, we, 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 we actually were, uh, in lockstep on the top four, um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, at the bottom two. So, uh, so yeah. And, And then we kind of, what we did was we kind of aggregated the list and kind of came up with like a all purpose ranking. Um, so we have that, that's kind of the number we'll go off of, but, uh, there might be ones here or there that we, uh, actually expound on a little further, um, and explain like why we put them where we did but uh so jack at the bottom of the list we have a a, a clatch here of of guys who never made the pros
0: yeah jeremy so there there were uh you know 30 managers in total for the 30 teams and uh there were seven guys who never played in in the major leagues uh which is actually uh like i there were more guys who played in the major leagues than i thought uh 23 of the 30 guys which is kind of crazy yeah. yeah but these first these first seven dudes are going to go uh, over numbers uh 30 through 20, uh, 24. Yep. Um, they are. Uh, they never played uh, in the major leagues. And the first guy we're going to go for number 30. He never played affiliated ball of any kind. I think he played in college, but he never played professional baseball. Number 30. He is the St. Louis Cardinals manager, Mike Schilt.
1: Yeah, someone's got to be <laughs> 30, right? And so uh hey, for me, I have absolutely no problem ranking the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals last in something. Um so uh so yeah, yeah, he played at UNC Asheville, I guess, and the, you know, his Wikipedia says he couldn't hit a curveball, so he never expand, uh, like uh you know, expanded beyond college ball. At least he played college ball, I guess, but uh no no minor league ball whatsoever.
0: Yeah, uh, he couldn't hit a curveball. Uh, you know him. Him and Jesus Christ, if the movie Major League is to be believed. <laughs> yeah. Uh If you remember that line. Uh, yeah. So. Um, uh, so yeah, Mike Schilt, number thirty, uh, number thirty in playing, but number one in motivational speeches. Uh, yeah. Post game, um, number twenty nine is uh, Luis Rojas for the Mets. Um, I think he played just one year of rookie ball. Uh, number twenty-eight is Derek Shelton, who played two years uh, in the minors. He actually hit well, but uh, he ended up having elbow surgery, so he uh, his he never played after that. He was a catcher, uh, so he is number twenty-eight, Derek Shelton. Number uh, twenty-seven, Jeremy, is uh, your boy Joe mm-hmm. Madden, uh, yeah, for, uh, 20, Los Angeles Angels manager.
1: Yeah, twenty-six and twenty-seven is is technically a tie. Um, we okay. had them we had them flip flopped, um, but twenty-six is Jace Tingler and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I had Tingler over Madden and you had Madden over Tingler. So there you go. He might be my boy, but I, I had him ranked lower than you, I guess. But um <laughs> but yeah, so like uh and again, so Madden what Madden made it as high as what, double A or single A?
0: Um, I'm not sure he ever got higher than single A. And I read the uh that book, The Cubs Way, uh, and it talks a little bit about Madden's playing career. Um yeah. you know, and it it doesn't I I think in addition to um uh, the uh the minor league stats that are listed for him, he also played some like uh Uh, whatever, not, not for, is it foreign? league? What do they call it? Foreign Legion ball? Yeah. American, not foreign Legion. Yeah. American Uh Legion. He played like some American Legion ball in like the the Denver area or the Colorado area. So he did a little bit of that, but he was a catcher uh, as well. And like kind of a utility guy, Uh, just, just kind of an average player, Jeremy. Um, You know, they always talked about like how positive he was um, even as a player, like in, in that book, the Cubs way. Uh, But yeah, just, just kind of an average guy, nothing real special yeah
1: and tingler made it to double a that's why i had tingler over madden
0: okay okay yeah that's that's reasonable um you know every, every time i hear the name jace tingler um mm-hmm. do you remember do you remember that uh that line in the movie dumb and dumber when jeff daniels uh you know he goes they're, they're arguing about this woman named frida felcher and uh, uh jeff daniels goes uh, he calls Lo- uh, lloyd christmas jim carrey's character he goes yeah okay mr french tickler uh, and that's what I that's what I always think of when I hear uh, the name Jace Tingler. So yeah, Tingler, nice. I guess Tingler and Madden are a tie. Uh, after them, yeah, number I always tw-
1: think when I think of Jace Tingler, I always think of how how he fucking told uh, Fernando Tatis to not hit a grand slam on three zero. So <laughs> <there
0: you go. laughs> um, number twenty five is Brandon Hyde, the manager of the uh, the Baltimore Orioles. Another guy who played a couple years in the minors. Um, uh, and then number, uh, number 24, Jeremy is, uh, uh, Brian Snitker manager of the Atlanta Braves.
1: Yeah. Uh, so Snitker, um, so Snitker for me in my research was one guy who I was legit surprised that he played. I, I, I wouldn't, if you would have asked me two days ago, like if he had played, I, I would have said, I just, I don't know. <laughs> um, but he got all the way up to triple a, um, and he was a catcher also, right, Jack? uh uh
0: yes i believe i believe he was yeah, um and his so. uh his his stats are actually okay yeah. um you know over over about four years in the minor leagues he had twenty three home runs uh which is pretty solid he hit two fifty four um you know it but it it seems like it, like it he you know he played some triple a some double a um i i don't you know i have no idea why he didn't uh you know maybe he got hurt or something and just couldn't play anymore uh, but yeah, his his minor league stats aren't bad. He looked like an okay player for a catcher.
1: Yeah, yeah, for for sure. And um, you know, and I think when he finally got that that Braves job, he was like a career, you know, minor league coach guy. And you know, he got that that job as uh, uh with the with the Braves. And you know, I think it was one of those things. It was to an extent, it was like the Mike Quaddy thing, where like people, I, it seemed like they were happy that he got his chance to manage, except for Brad Snitker. Uh, Brian Snicker was good, and Mike Quaddy was a joke. Who rode the uh, the red line? Um, but uh, he did.
0: But, you know, yeah. Jeremy, my uh, my my friend um, Brandon, uh, who used to bartend at this old man bar called Brendan's in uh, Lakeview. It was on Broadway in Belmont. You might have been in there once or twice with me. Yep. Um, yeah, he said Mike Quaddy used to come in that bar and just like have a drink after after games, just at this quiet old man bar. Um, so that that was that was the kind of guy uh, Mike Quaddy was. Just a regular guy. Jeremy rode the red line went to old man bars on the north side
1: uh yeah, for sure, uh yeah, it's kind of funny um to think about that actually it's not funny that's just another dark chapter of the Cubs that I hope <laughs> we aren't drifting back into, but um okay, so now we're getting to number twenty three and now we're getting to the guys who actually appeared in the major leagues uh so right here right at twenty three twenty four we kind of had we kind of had one of our um kind of our head to head stances here jack uh
0: yeah. Yeah Jeremy so um so it's uh Tony Larusa and Charlie Montoyo, uh our numbers uh, uh 22 and 23 here uh so we for our final li- yeah it for, for for our final list we did have him flipped um we have Tony Larusa at number 22 and Charlie Montoyo just a spot lower at number 23 Jeremy my argument is that uh, Charlie Montoyo should be ahead of Tony Larusa because uh, Charlie Montoyo, I believe he played two games in the major leagues for the Montreal Expos, and he went two. Uh, he played four games. He had five at bats and he had two hits. So he was two for five. <laughs> he hit he hit 400 in 1993 for the Montreal Expos. So you know that's a very small sample size. But Tony Larusa, he played a couple seasons in the major leagues. For uh, Oakland, Kansas City, uh, Atlanta, and even the Cubs, he appeared in one game for the Cubs and scored a run for them. Uh, but he he was only a career 199 hitter uh, over those parts of six seasons. Never hit a home run. Probably never even hit the wall. Um, uh, he was just a terrible player. So my argument is that uh, even though Charlie Montoyo played much less, had like you know 200 fewer at bats, uh, the potential may have been there for him to be a better player than Tony Larusa.
1: Uh, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, and trust me, I have no problem putting Tony La Russa, um, you know, as far down the list as possible, um, except for a list of oldest managers, um, but or <laughs> managers most likely to kick the bucket <laughs> during a during a game. Um, but uh, you know, and, and of course, if Clint Hurdle was still managing, uh, I, he would he would probably edge out uh, La Russa in that category. Unfortunately, but um, I mean. Yeah, I hear I totally hear what you're saying. Um Larussa stuck around for like uh what seven, six years? I mean, and it's kind of hard to see how that happened, but um maybe they like knew he was going to be a manager and they're like the teams were like, "Hey, uh, you know, maybe you can manage us when you're done, so like we won't cut you." Um but like, you know, and he he like had a, like a 5-year gap in between playing like at some point. Like I his his career stats are odd and like I've seen like Baseball cards of Tony Russo. Like I actually thought he had a better career. Um, I I knew that him to have like been around for for you know several years. So it's kind of surprising. I'll say this: his career spanned ten ten years, but uh, he only played in six of those years. Um,
0: he so. played in the minors a lot too. If you if you look yeah. at his minor league statistics, like he did, he was he was an everyday player in the minors, and he did hit with a little pop in the minors. Uh, that just never translated once he got got up to the show.
1: Yeah. For sure. So technically they're tied in the, in, in the, uh, in the list there, but, um, but yeah, uh, I, I had Lewis a little higher than Montoya, but, uh, yeah, for sure. no No reservations at all about putting him, um, below Montoya. I think it's kind of funny, but the fact that he was around for multiple years is how I, how he got above him for me.
0: <laughs> well, uh, very good. Um, so, uh, after Larusso, we have, uh, uh, let's see, what are we on here? Number 20, uh, number 21, uh, is Kevin Cash, former yep. catcher. Um, uh, and manager, current current manager of the Rays. Uh, number 20 is, Tory Le- is it is Do you say it? Lavello? Is, is that how you pronounce it? Torrey Lavello or Lavello? Lavello. Lavello. Okay, cool. Yeah, Lovello. former... Uh, I remember him. I think he was on the, maybe the Red Sox for a bit. Or maybe I know he was their bench coach, but he was former outfielder. Torrey Lavello, yep. current uh, current Diamondbacks I, manager.
1: I don't know if you remember uh, Torrey Lavello, like, got... I think he got hit in the face. Uh, I think that's kind of like... His, the thing he's known for uh, as a as a player um uh let me see if I could pull that up really quick um but uh that's kind of like and like I think he might have even missed a, a season uh because of it or whatever but uh but yeah that's kind of what I know what I seem to remember about him but uh, I'm not finding any news about it really quick here of course that was probably like you know 15 years ago or something so um but yeah yeah Tori Lovello
0: Sure, and uh, an unremarkable playing career. I think he was a two twenty four career hitter. Um, number nineteen is uh, AJ Hinch, current manager of the Detroit Tigers, and should have been manager of the White Sox. H- uh, H- so AJ Hinch.
1: Yeah, right. He he was a manager according to that one uh, piece of artwork that they released. Um, <laughs> I was surprised to see that uh, AJ Hinch had he had thirty two homers in his career, uh, which is more than I would have guessed. But
0: yeah, kind of your classic backup catcher who uh, you know who can hit for pop. Uh, with a with a low average um, 219 career hitter AJ Hinch but yeah he did have 32 home runs which uh, which ain't bad that's what you want from a backup catcher uh, so yeah uh, number uh, is it number 18 uh, number 18 yeah. is Chris Woodward uh, journeyman utility guy Chris Woodward is number 18 current manager of the Texas Rangers uh, number 17 is manager uh, of the Oakland A's and former catcher Bob Melvin uh, number 16 is is Terry Francona, uh, who, uh, played for a couple of different teams. He was, uh, he's listed as a pinch hitter, um, on his baseball reference, uh, page, as well as a first baseman. Uh, but yeah, Jeremy, we said it before (laughs) any, anytime you're listed as a pinch hitter, uh, that ain't a good thing. So yeah, Tito Francona, um, Cleveland Indians manager,
1: not a good sign. Yeah, not a good sign. Uh, I, I remember Tito Francona has a really cool 1987, uh, tops card on the Cubs. Um, and, uh, you would have thought that he had a bigger career with the Cubs, and then when you, like, look at his baseball reference, it was, like, I don't know if you have it in front of you, Jack, but he, I he had, like, 23 games or something in one season. <laughs> was it even that many?
0: Yeah. Um, uh, for the Chicago Cubs, yeah, it, would, it looks like in the 86 season he had, uh, he played uh, 86 games, um, you know. Yeah, he, uh, uh, it's just, just not good, just a career, ca- just a career bench guy. Um, he did hit two seventy four in the time he played. But uh, yeah, just just kind of totally unremarkable for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, next on that list, uh, at uh, is it number fifteen, Jack? It is. We have Scott uh, Service. Scott Service, man. I just to talk about Scott Service really quick. As a Cubs fan, it's, what like who was watching the team during the Scott service era in Chicago. I can't believe that there are that many more players that are or managers that were worse than Scott service. That's, that's all I can say about that.
0: <laughs> you know, Jeremy, there were, there were two Scott services too. There was a Scott service, yep. which is how he spells it. Uh, S E R V A I S. And then there was also a Scott service spelled like the conventional way, like, you know, getting table service yeah. at a restaurant. He was so a pitcher, that- I think, Exactly. Yes, he was. So that that was always a little bit uh, confusing. But yeah, Scott Service, another another former catcher, um, just a, a unremarkable uh, uh, playing career. Jeremy, I had mentioned this to you, but uh, looking through all these managers, it, it just it, it started to make my head spin. These guys were all so similar. It's just a, a cesspool of mediocrity when you get into like this this area of the rankings. It's yeah. kind of hard to to differentiate these guys. But yeah, Scott Service, number fifteen, number fourteen, a, another very similar guy to Service. David Ross, here.
1: yeah, and we yeah. this is a, technically a tie based on how we had him, but uh, but yeah, uh, David Ross and Joey Cora um, are listed are tied there, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I I'll say that David Ross, um, I did not pay attention to his career prior to the Cubs, but um, he he, I feel like he left a good he left on a good note. Um, in in numerous ways i think he homered in his last at bat um in the regular season as a cub and then i think he homered in his last at bat period uh, off of um andrew miller and then he um obviously like retired you know world series champ carried off the field um and it's like it was a tough i had a tough time like not taking all that into consideration in my ranking for him i think i had him uh I think I had him higher on my list when I first made it um but uh and I kind of I did bump him down a little bit but yeah I had him at uh I think number number 10 originally um well yeah
0: yeah Jeremy I mean I think that um you know just like taking into consideration what guys did in big moments uh is is a big thing that's probably why I ranked Ross a little higher uh, than I maybe otherwise would have uh, when I sent you my list. Um, yeah, definitely the the World Series with the Cubs. But he also won a World Series ring with Boston in 2013. So yeah. he, he won two rings. Um, you know, he was famously, uh, you know, good with good at working with pitchers, but also really good, uh, you know, working with John Lester. Um, he became Lester's personal catcher. Uh, and he was just a really good clubhouse guy and a really good clubhouse leader. He definitely seems like the kind of guy who who would give, like, younger guys shit, um, like I, I remember hearing a story about how you know Chris Bryant was in his first like Major League spring training in 2015, and uh, <clears throat> Ross said to him, "Hey, how many home runs did you have last year?" And Bryant said 43 because he'd hit 43 in the minors. And uh, Ross said, "Not in the big leagues, you didn't." And it's like, <laughs> yeah, come on, man. But like uh, you know, so he seems like he was like that kind of guy. But uh, but also you know he he was a leader in the clubhouse, so uh, uh, you know he got he got some extra points. Uh, for me for that.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine that th- those those were like taken in the same way that like, uh, you know, like a uh, a Brian McCann, you know, would have delivered <laughs> it or something. I I think Ross was like, pretty, like, accepted as like a joke, jokey kind of guy. So. I think it was. like, And, you know, sure. and another thing, too, about, like, you know, busting the chops of, like, the best guy on the team, you know, like, like, I think Chris Bryant probably was the best guy in, in that spring training camp, even in 2015. Uh, so. Um, so, yeah, I I, I I don't know. It's interesting. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird that uh, he, like, had such a career in that you know i think i think the one the person we never i don't think we've really gotten into this too much but like i think the person who was mo- most like sh- like blown away if not pissed off by david ross's uh mm-hmm. like like you know and how he was embraced by cubs fans was miguel montero because he was also a backup catcher on that team uh and he he actually was the the starting catcher i think maybe at the beginning of the year and then like it's like people love David Ross and no one gave a shit about Miguel Montero even though he technically had like the 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 run he drove in the run that mattered <laughs> in that in game 7 of the World Series um but uh but yeah it's like David Ross or I mean Miguel Montero had to watch like Wilson Contreras come up and take the starting position starting job and then also David Ross like who started off as his backup be like carried off the goddamn field Miguel Montero was like hey what, what the hell else do I have to do here to, to get some love um, but uh, just a weird the whole David Ross phenomenon was just a weird thing with with the Cubs but maybe something that they needed it was to win the World Series yeah
0: and, and Jeremy um, let, let us not forget that in, in 2017 uh, you know Jake Arrieta was on the mound and Miguel Montero was his catcher and you know teams were just whoever the Cubs were playing stole like you know five or six bases against Arietta in the game <laughs> and I, I can't remember what the situation was but I think Montero like complained about it um and you know Arietta was always a guy who had problems with runners stealing on him um and then the Cubs like cut Montero the the very next day Uh, so yeah, Miguel Montero, a a tragic, tragic figure in Cubs lore. (laughs) Like you said, though, he drove in the run that mattered. Um, yeah, so Ross, uh, Ross, uh, was ranked a little bit higher than Alex Cora, who I believe is at number, what are we on number, uh... Well, they uh, were
1: tied, they were tied. They were tied?
0: Okay, okay, perfect. Um, yeah, but Alex Cora, kind of another one of those guys who, uh... Uh, was just like a utility guy, played for a long time, similar to Chris Woodward, but better than Chris Woodward. Um, You know, his career average was 243. Uh, Again, man, to be a manager in the big leagues, it's like you had to hit in the 240s. Um, That's where like all of these guys ended up. But yeah, Cora was a little bit better for me than Chris Woodward, um, even though they were kind of similar guys, which is why he ended up a little higher.
1: Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you had Cora directly above Chris Woodward.
0: Uh, uh, yes, I, I believe that I did. Yeah, or, or right around there. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I had Cora pretty high. I think that's how he ended up higher on the list. But um, yeah, I mean, like a guy, just a backup guy who, like, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I think he might have been a little reliable as a as a fielder. But um, <clears throat> but there you go. Um, so right above him, uh, I believe at number twelve, um, is uh, Gabe Kapler.
0: Yeah, Gabe Kapler, manager of the San Francisco Giants. Jeremy, um, you know, if the back of his uh, what was it, his two thousand one baseball card is to be believed, he went from a being a one hundred and fifty five pound weakling as a teenager <laughs> to a uh, to a baseball hunk. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Gabe Kapler um, is number twelve. Uh, he, Gabe Kapler was actually okay, Jeremy. Um, I mean, he was on the Brewers for a few years. Uh, I remember thinking he was a pretty solid. Uh, he was on the only Brewers for one year, but he was okay for them. He hit three one with eight homers. So I, I always remember thinking of him as like kind of a solid backup outfielder guy who could who could hit with power, um, you know, and had a little bit of speed too.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess he was okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I like, um, yeah. Let me, I'm just trying to pull up his numbers here. Um, he had a spurt, I'll say of a couple of years, I think, I think Jack, and one of the things like that I was like looking at like how our rankings were different. Like, so, so Gabe Kepler, I think was maybe one of the guys who we had like maybe one of the biggest, uh, gaps on. Um, so I had him, uh, uh, third, no, I had him, uh, 14th, I think. Sure. And, and uh, I had him 10th. Yeah. Yeah. So, so kind of a big gap there. Um, yeah, I think I, i was looking at i was trying to look at like and so then i went back and like looked at the numbers of some of these guys and i feel like you kind of had guys like you get, would give guys credit if they had like a like a, a string of a couple good years and mm-hmm. i was like kind of looking more at like longevity because yeah like from his like first three years in the league gabe kepler put up pretty good numbers um and then from there on it was just like you know i don't know uh the, the power numbers weren't there the the average was kind of there um and you know again this guy was not um, an everyday player um, so he wasn't being asked to do too much but uh, but yeah I uh I don't know not uh, uh, not too not too big on Gabe Kepler as a player um, he was one of the other guys who I was like yelling at uh, in the Brewers I think I made some sort of welcome back Cotter reference um, to him. Uh, Nat, his only year on the Brewers was 08. So that had to have been in 08 when, when that wall went down.
0: Wish rain delay theater had been, uh, had been at that game when you, uh, when you were doing that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, always good. Uh, you know, too bad there wasn't a guy named Horshack, uh, on the Brewers <sighs> as well. But, um, but yeah, so, so yeah, so Gabe Kepler comes in there on, on the list, uh, uh, at, uh, 12, I believe, um, Rocco Baldelli right above him.
0: Yeah, um so Jeremy I thought Rocco Bellelli was kind of an interesting case the wound socket rocket uh, yeah. so he gets points just for his nickname alone because uh, he had a cool nickname um yeah I always like nicknames um you know like uh where they they take the town the guy was from and then they rhyme it with uh you know with with where like with something you know so the wound socket rocket is like a cool a cool throwback. To like the, the Yankee Clipper that's not a good example of what I'm talking about but you no, know i am a Kansas on.
1: City kid there's a, some there alliteration there but not not rhyming but I, I get what you're saying I mean wound, so whoever came up with wound socket rocket it should be like they should be like uh in in like Barrett's or whatever like the quote book or given <laughs> like a Pulitzer a Pulitzer Prize or something because like that's you know wound socket is a tough word to rhyme I would say
0: exactly um uh uh so um gabe clampler he was picked 6th overall in 2000 mlb draft our, our baldelli, so, right uh, uh yeah oh, yeah baldelli he was he was picked 6th overall in the uh 2000 draft um so he was a, a highly touted prospect and when he came up uh, people were kind of excited about him he had a really good rookie of the year or uh, he had a very good rookie year he finished 3rd in uh, rookie of the year voting he played in 156 games he hit two eighty nine, stole 27 bases, uh, hit 11 homers, had 32 doubles. Um, so he was pretty good, and he followed that up with another year of being an everyday player. Uh, he hit two eighty with 16 home runs, um, 17 stolen bases. So he could—he he was a toolsy guy. He could hit for average, um, uh, you know, and power, and he had speed. And he came up when he was when he was really young too. He was only he was 21 when he made his MLB debut, um, and then he got hurt, and he was never the same after that. So I, I ranked him, um, you know. I, like, where I did, because even though his career numbers, like, his totals are not impressive, uh, he actually, I think, would have been a pretty damn solid player if he hadn't gotten hurt.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember he was kind of, like, the face of the the Rays there for, like, a year or two, I feel, Um, and, uh, yeah, it just kind of all went, just fell off a cliff and uh yeah and again I was looking at his the longevity there and uh I don't remember exactly what his injury was did he like hurt himself diving or something I'm not even sure but uh do you do you have the injury there Jack do you know happen to know what it is
0: I don't and I I think it may have been something more messed up than like just a simple uh, uh I mean I'm gonna look it up here I seem to remember it was something um it may have been he might have had some sort of disease or something like that, oh, and that was why he had
1: Yeah, to... that's actually sounding that's actually ringing a bell a little bit. Actually, did he have like yeah. lupus or something like something weird um,
0: like? So it's it says that he had a a rare uh, like muscular disorder that caused yeah. uh, soft tissue injuries, fatigue, and and other other ailments. Yeah. So uh, man, that's that's really unfortunate for him because it seems like he was. Uh, you know, it, he he really was a good player. He got a t- he got a two million dollars signing bonus too out of out of high school. So he was um yeah highly touted guy. But but yeah he just um he had a, a rare like a, just a rare condition that didn't allow him to I guess play at
1: his full uh hundred percent. Yeah that's right. Okay that's all ringing a bell too to me now. Yeah that's that yeah that totally um yeah because I had him let's see I had Baldelli at uh, you had him at twelve and I had him at uh, fifteen. Uh, I think. Uh or no, I had him at well, you know what, in my first ranking I had him a little lower, but uh but yeah. Um yeah, I think that's about right.
0: Yeah, and I, I had him at twelve uh as well, um, as you said. So uh, you know, even though I uh I I you know I, I didn't think he was better than some guys who, as you said, had a little more longevity. I, I did give him a little bit of credit for uh, you know, the potential he would have had if he hadn't um you know, if he hadn't uh, been suffering from the uh, disease that he, that he had.
1: Yep. For sure. Um, all right. Uh, number, uh, 10, we have, uh, uh, who do we have there, Jack? So, Dave Martinez. Dave Martinez. Yeah. 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 There we go. Dave Martinez. This was a, this was a head scratcher, Jack. I like, so again, I remember Dave Martinez as a player on the Cubs. Um, I remember his, uh, indiscretions as a, as a player on the Cubs, which, <laughs> uh, uh, I, don't know if we've gotten into on this podcast but uh um but yeah like but and so like he was like you know he was this kind of center fielder for the cubs for a little bit but like he hung around a long time and like uh i guess he was kind of like an everyday start everyday guy for a while and i think he might be kind of kind of became like a pinch hitter like maybe first man off the bench kind of guy but like this was a weird one like his career was like I remember when I was like looking at the list of guys. I'm like, oh, Dave Martinez. i bet he'll be at the bottom of the list, and he ended up, you know, yeah, coming in at uh, at uh, at ten, and he he, he he broke the top ten. Yeah, I mean,
0: Jeremy in 1996 for the White Sox, he uh, he had 440 official at bats, played in 146 games, and he hit 318. I mean, that's pretty solid. The year before that, he had 307. Um, you know, he would steal a couple bases. He would hit for a little pop. Uh, his career average was 276 and he played 16 years in the big leagues um, sometimes as a as a guy who would play about two-thirds of the time so I was really surprised too uh, it, it, it kind of took me to uh, two looks through his, his baseball reference to really understand how uh, how solid he was for uh, you know for how long I remember I remember he was pretty low in the initial list that I had sent you' or at least lower than number 10 um, and then I, I specifically said to you oh I got to look at Martinez again so yeah I'm actually pretty impressed with what he was able to accomplish. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, uh, he was a solid player.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting there. Um, so, uh, and then, so, you know, again, uh, just, uh, familiarity bias bias, I guess maybe mm-hmm. you'd call it, um, Craig council here comes in at number nine, uh, Jack, you had him uh, at number 11. I had him mm-hmm. at number 10, um, or actually let's see. Um, Did I have him at number seven originally? Um, not sure. My, I've sorted my list so many times that it it gets kind of clouded, but, uh, he comes in at number nine. I'd had him higher than you, Jack. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean like, so uh, Craig council again, another guy, middle infielder guy hung around forever. Um, but the guy, he found himself in, uh, and I don't like Craig council. I don't like him as a, as a coach. I think he's kind of a cocky Jag a little bit. Um, (laughs) for for like his uh for his f- series for his like on-field accomplishments. Um You don't you don't like the chicken you don't
0: like the chicken man.
1: man. <laughs> I think they call him I think they call him yeah. like El,
0: El pollo El Poyo or something like that during Players Day weekend because they say you know the players joke that he looks like a chicken. Um but uh yeah, but yeah, I mean that's
1: always a nice thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean um, so but, Jeremy but the guy I, was like he, yeah, no, he was like in the middle of like, you know, so many big moments in 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 uh baseball history. Um, and so for that alone and the fact that he's just hung around for so long, uh, I, I kind of gave him a little more love than you did, I think, Jack.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, there was definitely the like you said, the big moments in, in World Series uh, in, in baseball history He's a two time World Series champion. He's an MLCS uh, NL, MVP uh, as well, um, you know, and yeah, he was just kind of your classic, uh, you know, utility infielder. Uh not really an everyday guy except for two thousand five when he had uh you know, he played in hundred fifty games, had six hundred and seventy plate appearances. But uh yeah, I mean he was a solid guy, but he, he he was never anybody that like I thought was really exciting or special. Just kind of another guy uh on the roster. And you know, little did I know when I was watching him in those, you know, in those years that he would become such a big factor in like the uh the brewer's narrative uh, you know, for for the last from the last five, ten years. <laughs> So uh, that was a, that was a yeah. surprise to me, but uh, yeah, council I'm, I'm underwhelmed by him, but you know, he wasn't, re- he wasn't a bad player. He just wasn't really anything special to me.
1: Yeah. I remember when, before he got hired as the coach, like they, they, I, I remember there was talk that they kind of wanted him as the, like the, the, the GM. Um, and uh, I'm like, what happened when they hired him as the manager? I'm like, what happened to the GM part? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, so I had him at seven and you had him at 11, Jack. That was, that was the rift there. And I think, yeah, next to Kepler that's kind of one of the bigger differences that we had
0: I, I will say Jeremy that uh so I was at the Cubs um Brewers played a game it was on a Sunday afternoon in early May of 2015 um and like the day after they uh the day after that they Brewers fired Ron Reneke so I was I actually saw Ron Reneke's last game as a uh as as manager oh, nice. of the of the Brewers but what's funny is that like you know they fired him but like that same day they announced that Craig Council was going to be their manager. Um, and Council wasn't even, like, I think he was just maybe working in, like, a special advisor role for the team. So, like, obviously uh-huh. this was being discussed between Doug Melvin and Craig Council and Mark Adonazio before they fired Reneke, um, like, just for, for that quick of a turnaround. Like, they knew the guy was going to step in. Council was always one of those guys that, like, even when he was playing, they were like, oh, this guy's going to be a manager someday, um, you know. And there's he's got to, you know... He he's going to be manager for life for the Brewers. He's from Milwaukee. Like Mark Adonazio loves him. Uh, you know, David that David Stearns inherited him. He's going to be the manager uh, going forward for for life. So I I guess I have to learn to like him, Jeremy.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably uh, it was meant to be. I guess. Yeah. Um, at number eight, uh, we have David Bell. Yeah, David Bell. Um, um,
0: he was an okay player, Jeremy. Yeah. I don't have a lot to say about him, but he had some good years.
1: Yeah, I yeah I mean he he was like a third baseman guy for a long time I think uh, with the Phillies I want to say um and uh seems solid but you know who I who I like I feel like he's the same guy as is Bill Miller um like those two guys, Dave, Bill Miller and David Bell seem like the exact same guy just kind of like a stiff white guy third baseman who didn't hit for as much power as a third baseman is supposed to but stuck around for a while and was like a starter for for a while. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's where I throw, uh, David Bell, not much to say about him. I had him a little ranked a little lower than you, Jack. I had him at nine. You had him at seven. He, he balances out to eight. Um, and he makes the list. Um, yeah. Well, Hey, number hey Jeremy, seven... any, anybody
0: who would, oh, yeah. no, I was going to say anybody who would go after Clint Hurdle is, is all right. In my book, <laughs> anybody, who, that's, anybody that's who's, anybody who's crazy enough to go after a senior citizen who pissed them off <laughs> is, uh, I mean, has to give, has to be given at least a little credit.
1: I no, think shit. Jack, now you're making me feel bad that I had him too low because you you bring up a really good point there. Um, <laughs> uh, so so yeah, um, number seven on the list, and I think this is the one that kind of like um, we can kind of talk about these two side by side. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, these next three I think were kind of like were tough, and these were the l- last three that we disagreed on uh, or that we just didn't have in the same spot. Um, But number seven, uh, let's just let's just bang them out in a row and then we can talk about all three of them. Number seven, we had Mike Matheny. Number eight, we had Joe Girardi. And number five, we had uh, Dave Roberts.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or uh, six, we had Girardi. So Matheny at seven, Girardi at six, Roberts at five. So Jeremy, I, I'd, I'd let yeah, let's talk about the difference between Matheny and Girardi because that's where we were a little yeah. bit divided. You had Girardi ahead of Matheny, uh, and I was I flip flopped that. I thought Matheny was uh, better than Girardi. Jeremy, my and so I'm I'm just gonna call it call you out on this, Jeremy. But I do think you had a little bit of a uh, as as you might call it a hate Woody. For uh, for Mike Matheny, I mean, the guy (laughs) managed the Cardinals for years, so I was like, yeah, there's no way Jeremy and he was on the Cardinals for years, so I was like, yeah, Jeremy just you know Jeremy's gonna and Girardi was on the Cubs for an extended period, so like I was like, there's no way Jeremy's gonna rank Matheny over over Girardi regardless of you know anything else, Um, but I will say that the reason I rank Matheny um, uh, a little bit higher. Uh, was because, I mean, he did start his career with the Brewers and I didn't, you know, particularly care about him when he was on the Brewers, although I was aware of him. Uh, but you know, after he left, uh, that was just another one of those things where it's like, yeah, he left for, I I don't know what the hell they got for him in a trader. If he left for free aid, like via free agency, but I'm, you know, I'm sure they got nothing for him. That was when Sal Banda was running the team, but Matheny went on to win four gold gloves. Uh, he was never much of a hitter. Um, he never really hit for much power or average, but he was considered the best defensive catcher in the league for uh for quite a long time um so that that's kind of why I put him a little bit higher than Girardi although I will give you this Jeremy I think Girardi was probably a better hitter than Matheny
1: yeah I mean yeah and like you know catchers are always tricky like how you rank them like for catching ability like the, the the offensive stats on catchers can look really ugly sometimes um and uh yeah, you know, uh, so Girardi played more years, but Matheny um, played more games. Uh, so just to show that Matheny was more of an everyday player. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't argue with the Gold Gloves. I guess you know, like my thought process was like kind of not really was kind of veering off of of player, which is pretty much what we were. This is that's what we were ranking. So yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, like if you if you boil it down like that, I suppose um, those Gold Gloves give Matheny the edge. Um, my whole thing was that Girardi was like, um, you know, we weren't right. were not we are not ranking them as managers, I guess. I, the other thing I should say is like, I don't really have a strong affinity for, for Joe Girardi. I kind of don't really like him. Um, but, uh, but he was like, he was definitely a guy who was like destined to be a manager. Uh, he was like, for me, he was like the first guy that I remember people talking about like, oh, he's going to be a manager one day. And like, I had never really thought about players like that. Like, like oh he's a player but he's gonna be a manager I like never thought that far ahead, um but uh but yeah uh it's uh it's interesting um yeah it's it's kind of weird like power numbers probably about the same uh, Matheny probably had a little bit more power than him uh Girardi has the edge in in average I would say probably but but yeah but like won a lot of Gold Gloves I don't know like because Joe Girardi wasn't like an everyday guy he played behind I think he was probably on he was on the same team as Jorge Posada I think for for many years. So that kind of hurt his ability to to start every day. I kind of feel so. Like, um, I don't know. I I think Joe Girardi was a pretty good defensive catcher, if if I remember correctly. So I don't I don't know. I'm surprised to see that he had never won a Gold Glove. But um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of uh, like who was like the who were the top catchers in most of Girardi's years. I think I just think he never started enough games to be to become to like to warrant a Gold Glove. So so yeah. Interesting one there. Uh, I had Girardi at five. Uh, you had Girardi at eight. I had, I had uh, Matheny at eight and you had him at six. So,
0: yeah. And, and Jeremy, I, I will give you that too. You mentioned he was on the Yankees. He, he did get three world series rings. Girardi did with the mm-hmm. Yankees. Um, and also unlike Matheny, uh, Girardi did make an all-star team. He made the all-star team in 2000 um, and Matheny yeah. never made an all-star team. So like, you know, it, comparing these two guys, it's just like, it's kind of a wash. But um, yeah. well, that's yeah. an anomaly. I mean,
1: that's an anomaly. Like the guy won four gold gloves, but never made the all-star. And then Girardi wins an all-star, gets an all-star, but never uh, won a gold glove. It's, it's weird how that kind of happened. It seems kind of just like an oddity that, that they ended up the way that they did. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, those two guys, uh, interesting debate there. But also
0: we had David uh, Dave Roberts, um, current manager for the uh, Dodgers, at number five, um uh yeah Jeremy I ranked him at number 5 I think you had him a little bit lower in your original rankings
1: Yeah I had him at I had him well low uh and then uh I ended up um putting him um at number 6 so he he ends up uh averaging out he makes the top 5 um but again like I was kind of looking more at like power, like hitting numbers, but, uh, yeah, you can't argue with his stolen base numbers. Like he was a, he was a speedster. Obviously he had the, um, the famous stolen base, uh, in, uh, the 2004 world series for the, uh, Red Sox. Mm -hmm. So if he never stole another base that that's, that's a big one there. But, uh, and again, I don't like Dave Roberts. So that's another (laughs) thing that might have affected my, my ranking. But, um, but yeah, like, yeah, just many years of like, you know, twenty plus stolen bases, so that's pretty significant.
0: Yeah, and he, even three years of forty plus as yeah. well. Uh, So yeah, he was a he, and, and he you know in those years too he had for pretty well he had two fifty plus two seventy. So yeah, he was a he was a good uh, uh you know I guess I don't want to say good player. He was an well, okay player, but he was the only guy on our on our list who really had good good stolen base numbers.
1: Yeah, well, in in a way, it's like it was kind of bad, like because like he would have been like a prototypical leadoff guy if he hit better, but he just didn't hit or get on base uh, enough. So, so that's a kind of a detriment there. Um, You know, I'm not sure, uh, you know, he would, he's a prototypical, like from a speed standpoint, he would have been a perfect leadoff center fielder with speed, get on base, steal second, get driven home. Uh, But uh, yeah, he just didn't get on base enough. So, so in, in that way he was a detriment to his team, but, um, but the, the stolen bases are, are, are there and you can't argue with that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I could see, I could see how he deserves to be in the top five.
0: Well, Jeremy, we, we were in, uh, we were in lockstep for, uh, numbers one through four. Um, yeah. so let's do number four. Uh, it's an interesting case. It's the only pitcher of these 30 guys, uh, Bud Black. Uh, yeah. And he was pretty, pretty good too.
1: Yeah. Pretty good. A uh, 384 career ARA, um, 121 and 116. Um, yeah, you know, I kind of, uh, think of him as, uh, an Indian, but, uh, yeah, I don't have his, I could pull up his, his, um, his baseball reference here, but, uh, yeah, he, I think he was a pretty solid pitcher for a while. Um, you know, kind of predates both of our times really, but, uh, I do remember him from, from cards, uh, never had like a, you know, a runaway season where he like, just like it's, yeah. I mean, like he, he was. I mean the the record warrant, like, you know, shows that, but um he was always pretty much like a five hundred pitcher in terms of like win loss record. Um but uh the ERA uh yeah, comes in at three eighty four, which is pretty good for a career, I would say.
0: Yeah, um I mean you know, I I don't wanna, you know, kind of uh throw some shade on Bud Black here, but he I mean he's almost kind of a guy like like Matt Garza or just you know, just some guy who sure. is always uh you know, as much as I don't like Matt Garza, but he, you know, he's he's always kind of a guy who could be a number three or four in your rotation and do okay. Uh, that that's the kind of pitcher Bud Black was. He was never an ace, but uh, you know, yeah, his numbers suggest that you know he he would be a, a fine guy to have in a in any rotation. Most of the time, his ERA was under four. Uh, he would you know when he was healthy, he would eat a, he would pitch a lot of innings. I mean, it looks like he had about six five six seasons of over two hundred innings pitched. Um, his strikeout numbers, you know, not very good, so he wasn't a strikeout guy. Uh, yeah, but just kind of a just kind of a solid average pitcher, uh, Jeremy. It's it's strange to me though that there's not more pitchers on this. Um, you know, on on this list. Uh, yeah. I was trying to think. I was trying to think of like you know, is it a thing for like, like that? Most of the time, pitchers don't make good managers. I remember, I, mean, I think John Farrell was a pitcher. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Ka- Mickey Callaway was a pitcher yeah. but it seems like by and large for the most part managers are usually position players
1: yeah you know well it's interesting i guess you think about it and like i was trying to think of like what pitchers we may have lost recently yeah so mickey calloway um and uh and and uh, uh john farrell's john farrell's been out for a while now but uh but yeah I, I don't know if there's some other ones that i'm forgetting but i mean i guess maybe when you think about it like most of them like like every pitching coach i think was a pitcher except for fucking dave duncan i guess um <laughs> but like Uh, Yeah, it's like when you have like a pitching coach, it's like, well, probably all the pitchers are going to gravitate towards that job. And then like maybe some of them get elevated up because I'm pretty sure Bud Black was a pitching coach before he was a manager. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, but yeah, like, you know, and then so so sometimes they get elevated from pitching coach to manager, I guess. But but yeah, you figure if you have like a really wise pitching mind coach, like you're just going to put him as the pitching coach, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, and even when you think of some of the classic guys like, you know, Joe, Joe Torrey, uh, Mike, Mike Shosha, uh, Sparky Anderson, uh, Lou Pinella, Don Baylor, all these guys, they were all position players, um, you know. And obviously, like, like you said, you know, we might be forgetting some guys, but yeah, it seems like by and large, uh, yeah, managers are mostly position players. I had wanted to, you know, look up, maybe I can do it some other time, like, you know, out of all the Hall of Fame managers, how many of them were pitchers, um, it'd be an interesting thing to thing to know, but, uh, yeah, for now, um, you know, I think the proof is sort of in the pudding here. Only one out of the 30 managers, uh, was a pitcher. So that could be, that could be something to keep an eye on going forward as like new, new guys get hired as managers.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And if, if it hasn't f- happened for Mike Maddox yet, it, it might never happen. Um, so, yeah, well, that, that that's an interesting thing, Jeremy. I think
0: sometimes, um, like, does Mike Maddox does he even want to be a manager? Because I know I know Mickey Callaway. Um, you know, he's he's the pitching coach for the Angels now under Joe Madden, and he he said that like you know he practically has PTSD from his time as the being the Mets manager. <laughs> yeah. um, and so like you know he, he probably just at this point, I'm sure he'll never want to manage again. Like, he's probably like, hey, you know what? I like working with pitchers. It's like, you know, obviously being a pitching coach is a, can be a tough job if your staff isn't good. But also, like, these these pitchers, you know, they're they're a different breed than position players, so they probably just like to work with their own kind. Um, and, yeah, so, like, a guy like Mike Maddox, like, maybe he doesn't want to sit in the big chair. Maybe he likes to just work with pitchers and make them better.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could totally see that. Uh, Mickey Kelly might be scarred from just being in, in- – in new york uh for one and also having to deal with so many bad and tragic mets teams so so there might be some other elements at play in that one um but uh but yeah that's a that's a funny uh note there about callaway um so jack we're in the top three number three we have uh another former new york guy only but briefly uh aaron boone is in at number three
0: yeah booney booney um and they don't list that as his nickname uh in baseball reference but that's what they call him on sunday night baseball so yeah aaron boone um he was a pretty good player uh you know he made one all-star team just like girardi but uh but yeah his power numbers were pretty good for uh for being you know he was a third baseman um yeah you know he had over 20 homers a couple times um, he hit a big one for the for the yankees in the uh in the playoffs in 03 if i if i remember correctly right
1: yeah, it was 03 um, to, to win the uh, alcs
0: that's right. Um, yeah, and in 2002, he played in 162 games, at 26 homers. Uh, career average of 263, hit 126 homers in his career. Um, yeah, just a, and stole 107 bases, too. There were a couple of years. 2002, he had over 30 steals. 03, he had 23 steals. So, yeah, he was a, he was a pretty solid all-around player. Um, I mean obviously he wouldn't be on any list of like the best players of any era but just as far as like dudes who managed who are managing right now goes like he's pretty much the cream of the crop
1: yeah I think um I think he was the guy who seemed like he was going to have like a bigger like a longer career and um uh you know it was pretty good but um but st- and then you know he <laughs> didn't need to do too much to to come on in number three uh in this crop but, uh, but yeah, just an interesting, uh, interesting career. And, uh, I guy who I never thought was going to be a manager either, but, um, but, uh, you know, here we are and, uh, he's like, a yeah, master. and it was,
0: it was very strange circumstances too, Jeremy. I mean, he got hired out of the booth uh at espn i will say um you know his argument with that umpire i think it was last year with the uh savage (laughs) the savages argument our guys are fucking savages at the plate my favorite part of that was when he said to the the home plate ump he was like hey now i feel bad for you i feel bad for you but you got to clean this shit up um just (laughs) the the fact that he said he felt bad for the umpire was was pretty funny
1: yeah yeah that's uh condescension at his at its best, I guess.
0: Um, um yeah. number number two, Jeremy, is Dusty Baker, your boy. Your boy Dusty Baker. You know,
1: Jack, I'm I'm noticing a, a pattern here. It's like what like how how many guys do I have issues with? How many managers, current MLB <laughs> managers, do I have a major issue with? And uh, you know, Dusty Baker, uh would, 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 would be number one on, on my list. Uh, you know, Who would at least be number two on my list, uh, for, for, you know, best as a player and, uh, most hated. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I fucking hate the guy. Um, you know, uh, I, he, he I blame him for Oh four, um, uh, just the collapse in Oh four and, uh, and, and Oh three as well. Uh, even though he got the Cubs, further than anyone else ever did but like you know in in years but uh but yeah uh but but when you look at his numbers you can't argue it so there you go so that was my that was my selfless act is putting dusty at number two as much as i hate him there was no one else in good conscience i could have possibly put above him because it's just so like stark the the you know the chasm there
0: yeah, uh it 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 would have been far, uh, farcical to put, you know, anybody else at, at number 2 because you're right it is a, there is a big difference. I mean, you know, Dusty made two all-star teams, but he had a uh, 242 career homers, hit a career 278 uh, over 19 years in the big leagues invented the high five. So he, you know, he did a, he did a lot of, did a lot of good things as a player. He was a good player. You know, Jeremy, I I can't remember if you posed the question on the podcast last week, but is he even still the manager of the Astros? Yeah. Who
1: the fuck knows? I guess he is, but who the hell would know? Like, like, uh, yeah, I know. It's like, I guess he is. I, you know, like I thought he was only going to be there for one year, but, um, I don't like did they sign him to a two year contract or something? Like it, why did they even give him a two year contract? It almost it almost case?
0: seemed like he was in interim going to be an interim manager just for like this one season until they could get A. J. Hinch back. But um yeah, Jeremy, I don't know. So we'll I guess we'll we'll find out. Maybe he doesn't even know. Um I, I did Google it and I didn't find any information on it. So um yeah, who knows? I guess maybe he'll be back at spring training wearing his, wearing his wristbands again.
1: Yeah, I th- it looks like they gave him a one-year contract with an option for this year, and I guess they they just ex- – you know, like, I don't even know who the GM of the, uh, the Astros is at this point, but, like, was he, like <laughs> – he must have been, like, you know, on vacation with his family or something, and they're like, hey, uh, you know – Uh, Bill, like we, we got to make a decision about dusty. Like, you know, like the deadlines coming. He's like, uh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Just pick up his option. I got to go. Bye. And then like, you know, dial tone. Um, like, I don't know how that all went down, but, um, but there you go. Uh, dusty Baker, uh, still, still employed oddly, you know, it took, it took, uh, you know, a cheating scandal to, uh, get dusty back in the league, but, uh, here he is. And, um, (laughs) Yeah. And uh somehow, you know, Hinch and Cora are back, but Dusty's still there, so there you go.
0: Well, Jeremy, number one, uh there there was clear cut. Surprise, it's Babe Ruth. Ever no it's not. Uh <laughs> it's 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 Don Mattingly. Just it, it was I mean, this was such an easy decision. There's no uh there's no two ways about it. Uh Mattingly is, is the clear cut number one.
1: Yeah, a guy that many believe should be in the Hall of Fame as a player. Um mm-hmm uh who isn't but uh yeah and I'm not so sure, you know, I don't know how I feel about that, but um but yeah, just like the best career uh as a player and honestly I, I don't know. I mean I'm I didn't really A and B Manningly and Baker too close but but to me like it's it's gotta be Don Don Manningly. I mean just so accomplished, um, you know, uh just you know, and I don't know. We weren't, uh, we weren't around in the Dusty Baker playing, playing days. But, uh, but Ma- Mattingly is just like, yeah, just the, the guy, and, and yeah, like a borderline Hall of Famer, and, um, so many accomplishments, MVP, uh, you know, nine Gold Gloves, batting titles, all kinds of stuff, six time All Star, um, so, uh, so yeah.
0: Yeah, um, you know, and and when he was at his peak, he was uh he was a better hitter than, you know, pretty much anybody else in the league. Uh I think the only reason that he's not in the Hall of Fame is that he just didn't have the longevity. Um he just he he was out of the league before uh, at age 34. Um so yeah, if he had he if he had played for a couple more years and and put up a put up some more numbers for a little bit longer, I think he would have been in. Um uh but yeah, he definitely has a good case for the Hall of Fame. Uh, And I imagine, uh, you know, some old timers, uh, you know, ballot when they get together, uh, they'll put him in eventually. But, yeah, for us, Jeremy, clear cut number one. No question.
1: Yeah. A couple of fun stats about Don Manningly. Homered in eight consecutive games uh, in, I think, 1987. Is that a record? Um, It was a record at the time. Um, I don't know. Um, uh, I think someone might have match that yeah so it's um it's tied with uh ken griffey jr and dale long actually um, okay pirates from the 50s um but yeah so eight eight consecutive games with a homer which is just crazy um and he also had six six grand slams in one season as well um so those are two like stats of don malings that that i remember um as a little kid basically
0: yeah, and, and Jeremy, uh, one one thing about Don Mattingly, too is he almost never struck out. Um yeah. I mean, you know, like uh, he gets 600 plate ap- uh, at bats, official at bats, 700 plate appearances and he would strike out like less than 40 times. Um which is also pretty cool. I mean, he had 144 more walks in his career than he had strikeouts. Uh in over 7,000 at bats, he only struck out 444 times. So he wasn't he wasn't Tony Gwynn, but uh he was a tough guy to punch
1: out. Yeah, maybe for a couple of years there he was being compared to him, but uh, or in the same class. Um, but uh, and then I know this is not part of the the criteria, but he also led the friggin' COVID-infested Marlins to the playoffs uh, and even to a <laughs> playoff series win over uh, our beloved Cubs. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so um, yeah, Don Manley, number one best uh, yeah. best player uh best manager who was a player best player manager i don't know how you would phrase that but uh he's he's number one
0: and yeah jeremy he also had the best line of the 2020 season too When that when that umpire said you know i don't like you showing me up manning lee said who gives a fuck there's no one here um that was uh that just kind of sums up the 2020 baseball season pretty good yeah yeah
1: absolutely absolutely
0: all right, Jeremy. Well, we did it. I think we, I, you know, I know I learned a lot actually just kind of going through this, um, you know, about all the players' careers. It was fun and we, uh, we did it. We ranked them from one to 30, Jeremy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So uh, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, Jack, it'll be interesting to see where we're at, uh, you know, by the next episode um, if, if Trevor Bauer signs um, we're getting closer. It's almost the end of the friggin' January and spring training is going to be starting Jesus, man! Spring training starts in what, like three weeks or something? Four uh, weeks. Yeah, just pitchers, catchers usually report about the twelfth or thirteenth of February.
0: It seems like right before Valentine's Good. Day. So, God, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it it went fast, Jeremy. Some somehow, you know, I remember I remember uh, after the uh, last World Series game, you mentioned just the just the dark days of winter when there's no no baseball going on. But uh, yeah, just a couple weeks away, and we'll have uh, spring training.
1: Yeah, well, um, you know, luckily that bear season got me through. Uh, <laughs> the, the dark period uh all the way through to that first week of the playoffs. Um but uh but yeah, that is crazy to believe that uh spring training is just around the corner folks. So um yeah, so these guys are going to have to sign pretty soon. So we'll see what happens. Um I uh Jack, I will uh, bet you 100 bucks that uh, Trevor Bauer signs with the Cubs
0: uh geez i uh you know i'm not a betting man jeremy uh you know if if th- this wasn't a pandemic if these weren't such tough times i would take you up on that yeah. bed but yeah uh, you
1: feel bad taking that money from me wouldn't you
0: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah pretty much um all right folks so we'll uh, we'll get back at you next week with an episode uh, another episode but until then i'm jack
1: sprakowski and i'm jeremy d'anicio we'll see you next time